Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. The other news in Dallas, of course, is Zeke Elliott potentially getting released here. So how did we get here, guys? How did we get here to Zeke Elliott signing a crazy contract, what, 2019? Yep. And now released just a few years later. Yeah, I mean, the thing here is once the Tony Pollard franchise tag came in, you had to think this was a possibility. We've seen the running back market be incredibly slow. Basically, the only notable deal is David Montgomery getting three years, $18 million from the Detroit Lions. A solid contract, but obviously nothing nothing crazy there. And I think once Aaron Jones took that pay cut in Green Bay, $5 million pay cut, that I think was a signal to Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, all these guys that, hey, teams are probably going to consider cutting you if you don't take a pay cut as well. Um, and I think Ezekiel Elliott maybe called their bluff in Dallas, and, and they, they're going they're going with it, saving about $11 million there. You just you can't be paying two running backs $22 million in 2023. I mean, it just sort of highlights like how terrible that contract was. This is basically the first opportunity they have to get away from it. And they're doing it, even though it's going to require, you know, a bunch of dead money being eaten. He's technically only just sort of into the extension part of the deal. Like, this is just one of the worst contracts from a team point of view that's been signed in recent memory. Zeke Elliott is still only 27 years old somehow. And he feels like a 35-year-old broken down running back. Like, just an absolute catastrophe from a Dallas point of view. And, it, you know, that cost them Amari Cooper who they're still trying to sort of replace in that offense in terms of production, in terms of what it does to the entire passing game. The Zeke Elliott contract prevented them from doing certain things or forced them to do certain other things and offered nothing in return. Well, that's what I wanted to break down. I wanted to ask Brad, you in particular, we talk a lot about the the running back contracts and how how bad they are, right? What, what are the actual, what is the opportunity cost? What are you actually leaving on the table? When Zeke is making that much money, is it is it an Amari Cooper that they had to you know get out from under that contract, or is it just another starter at linebacker or another starter at safety? What is when teams overpay for a running back? Besides not getting the actual production back from the running back, you can get them cheaper. Right. What what do, how up against the cap are they, and how much do you feel like that actually hinders other moves that they can make? I think it's more of those smaller moves. I mean, looking particularly at Dallas, if you want to keep a Connor McGovern, you want to keep a Connor Williams. You know, two interior guys they've lost the last two off seasons now on what five to seven million per year deals, like probably impacted to a degree. Amari Cooper, I mean, yeah, maybe that there was an impact there. Zeke had what twelve and a half million dollars guaranteed last year. That could have been going elsewhere, uh, but you had to pay that. You couldn't get out of that money, like you said. The first opportunity they get to move on, they do it. If they could have moved on last year and kept Amari Cooper, they probably would have done that right. if that option was available to them. So, you know, I'm not going to say it like outright prevents anything, but it does. Look, it's also not just a cap, it's cash. I mean, Jerry Jones is, okay, well, I'd pay this guy this amount of cash this year. Therefore, I don't want to spend, you know, X elsewhere. Every, every move has an opportunity cost. Yeah, it's just, I, I just want to be able to like lay those things out because we, we, we speak generally about all this stuff. Bad running back contract, but sometimes it's good to hear 
what was maybe left I mean, on the table. Elliot is now like the true poster child for the pitfalls of running back dynamics, right? Like he was drafted really high, had success, and Dallas had this this uh, choice. You know, this fork in the road came along when his second contract was due. Do you pay him the big money or do you walk away and repeat the whole process over again, even if you don't draft him as high as Zeke was? Um, Pollard coming along sort of immediately highlighted how bad the decision they made was. We heard from people in the building in Dallas essentially saying, like, we're lobbying for them not to do this, but they're probably going to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, they do it. Pollard comes along, immediately shows how bad a decision it was. And then Zeke's sort of ability, potential, like his peak just disappeared. And you've got this guy in his mid-20s looking like a broken down shell of himself. All the while, another guy who came along who you drafted for significantly less capital, but a lot less money tied up in, is dramatically outperforming him all the way along. And you're stuck with this deal that you can't get away from for years. So, like, this is basically the nightmare scenario for any team now looking at, do we give this guy that, like, Saquon Barkley, right? The Giants trying to figure out what this deal looks like. The Zeke Elliott thing is the nightmare scenario for what can happen if you commit that big contract to a running back. Here's the timing thing, too, where basically he signed for $15 million a year and a strong contract, no funny money. You know, I know Alvin Kamara's deal is listed at $15 million a year. It's not. But, um, you know, and that was the inflection point to where he gets that, McCaffrey gets his deal. We might not see another running back signed for $15 million a year for multiple years. And he signed that back in 2019. As we know, every market goes up and up and up and up. That was finally the last tipping point of, okay, we probably should focus resources elsewhere. And you mentioned a pre-show. They also had Jalen Ramsey sitting on the board who went one pick later you know that would have been nice <laughs> that was so they picked zeke at four jalen ramsey goes at five jerry jones somewhat famously Ronnie says, stanley well, at six i think too sorry but yeah. yeah yeah there were there were good players there and uh jerry jones makes a comment like well zeke's gonna touch the ball 20 times a game and jalen ramsey might touch the ball one time a game i mean you, <laughs> you know honestly, a quarterback right you can honestly argue start to finish that this is a master class in how to yeah. mismanage the running back position from drafting him higher than he should go because from day one he's already being paid like an all pro and it costs you an all pro cornerback or an all pro left tackle or whatever you want to do like so step one was wrong for for two different reasons it was wrong it was too high from a contract standpoint and the opportunity cost was like all pro players at more important positions and then they like doubled down on the wrongness by extending him to the monster contract which saddled them with this deal for years like this is when did they get drafted? 2016. 2016. This is now seven years of mistake at one position. The worst part about it, though, is they they were fooled into thinking that Zeke was the catalyst because they were good in 2016. Right. Remember, they made the playoffs in Dak's rookie season when it's like, well, actually going from the previous year where Matt Castle was starting games for you and Tony Romo was hurt to you found Dak in the fourth round who played great. And again, when you, when you find stats that lie... Every time we give Zeke 20 carries, we're 22 and one and all that fun stuff. You make it seem like he's the catalyst. And I think right. Dallas kind of got caught into that. I mean, you have Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin in the primes of their career blocking for him. So yeah, he's going to do pretty well. Yeah. I would I would hope so. And then, yeah, I mentioned Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner, Jack Conklin, the next four picks in the draft. I mean, very, very good players at premium positions. So that, don't we don't we think just like fourth down decisions around the NFL, we're starting to, we're, the league is, they've caught on to this, right? Day one of free agency was guards and defensive linemen. Um, the trend in the league is understanding that the offensive line and the scheme is probably creating those yards as you know, for running backs. 
that you do want to be able to play the run with defensive tackles that um, can can play in a you know can two gap or can shed blocks and make plays with a six man box and all this stuff. Like the league's realizing that and they're not paying the running back. So after all these years of hammering at home and a few teams kind of being smart to it. We're closing in on 32 teams, maybe being smart to how the market should be playing out. And I do wonder if you know the follies, like the the mistakes, the the cautionary tales are starting to hit home. Like Todd Gurley, that breakdown and disaster of the the end of his career, the Zeke Elliott thing of you know seven years of error essentially at the at the mismanaging that position. And this is not to say that either one of those guys was a bad player. Like Todd Gurley in his prime was great. Zeke Elliott in his prime were great. The point being it's just not worth the allocation of resources because tony pollard who you drafted you know in a completely different spot is also great and if you had three all pros paving the way almost anybody is going to look great in that scenario so i think you're as much as you know the, the league generally is getting more sophisticated and aware of analytics and data and all these kinds of things it's also the sort of specific case studies of like when it goes wrong that is going to help make that case for you as much as anything. No, 100%. I think it's a good point. To talk about. It, the, the market reset has happened. I mean, it's it's a dramatic thing. And I will say this, though. I now think we are approaching maybe, maybe not right now, maybe next offseason, an inflection point to where I think we're still going to hear from the league, okay, so these guys are at their best on their rookie contracts, so we can draft them relatively high, and then we'll just won't extend them. Yeah. I think there's going to be a point where, okay, look, I'd rather give David Montgomery three years, $18 million, than spend a top 50 pick and not use that elsewhere. Like, there, there will be there will come a time where there's an inflection point of I'd actually rather do a mid tier signing on a guy that you know is solid yeah. and you know B. John Robinson special talent I get that but you know you take him top fifteen as opposed to just look Rashad Penny's going to Philadelphia for one point three million dollars like there's there, there's a point where maybe it actually tilts towards again shorter term not go six year extension like Zeke but sign a guy that's solid for three years there might be a you know a middle ground there.